All with those sounds, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh tells you that it is indeed Q&A on the Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zain Machit, on this glorious and beautiful Thursday evening. Well, of course, uh, the lines are open immediately, 021 Of course, we take your calls off air. And uh, the easy way to do it, you can SMS us on the number 47913. That is 47913. Well, he landed just early on, and of course, there is in Cape Town, but on the line, none other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mashallah, how's Mufti keeping? Welcome to Cape Town again, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, somebody, wonderful, beautiful weather here. Somebody even asked me, Hetaga Fro, he's on Cape Town. <laughs> That's why I come with my wife all the time. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Well, of course, uh, listeners can SMS us on the number 47913, 47913. We only have an hour with the Honorable Mufti this evening. So get your questions in the early, so from now until 7 o'clock. And of course, uh, we still have some questions left from last week, so I'll go through those first. First question, uh, Mufti, it says, uh, if you, um, let's just go there quickly. It says, on wearing ihram, is it permissible to wear underwear under it as well, Mufti? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد all praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer nourisher and cherisher of this universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam when a person is going to perform Umrah or Hajj and the male the male can just wear the two towels, no vest, no underwear, no jockey, nothing. And the person will not wear socks, anything of that sort. Obviously, for the ladies, they will wear their normal clothing. They wear underwear, all that. That's fine. But not for the men. Unless that male has a plumbing problem, you know, leaking problem. And then he wears it. Then he'll have to slaughter a goat or a sheep after he has performed the umrah. And that must be slaughtered in Makkah any time of the year. Shukran indeed. Our number, uh, SMS line number 47913. Now, Mufti, if one's menses, menses are longer than three weeks, can one take a bath or perform a namaz? According to the Shafi'is, the minimum period for menses is one day and the maximum is 15 days. So you can't have menses for three weeks. And the minimum period, according to Hanafis, is three days and the maximum is 10 days. And both the Shafi'is, Shafi'is, Hanafis, and all of them agree that the clean, minimum clean period between two menses will be 15 clean days. There's a minimum between two menses. So let's take the question from a Shafi'i perspective. You will say 15 days are your menses, then you take your first ghusl, and then you resume your salat. According to Hanafis, you will say 10 days is your menses, and then you resume your salat after the first ghusl. Shukran indeed, uh, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zain Machid, on the line, answering your questions, the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, and uh, taking your questions on the number 47913, that is on the SMS line 47913. Now, my daughter is pregnant, but the boy refused to marry her. I asked him to marry her just to keep the gossip away, but he or his family refused to want anything to do with her or with me. How do we get over this? What do I do? We get coming from Mufti after this. (music) 
Welcome back to 91.3 FM, the voice of the Cape, and of course still taking your questions via the SMS line on 47913. The question that we posed Mufti before the break, it says, my daughter is pregnant, but the boy refused to marry her. I asked him to marry her just to keep the gossip away, but he or his family refused to want anything to do with her or with me. How do we get over this? What do I do, Mufti? Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla informs us in Surah 24, Surah Nur, verses 2 and 3, that in a case like this where both parties are Muslims and they committed fornications, فَجْلِدُوا كُلَّ وَاحِدٍ مِّنْهُمَا مِيَةَ جَلْدًا that what you should do is both parties must be whipped and lashed, 100 lashes, because it is such a serious crime. Obviously, we cannot do that in non-Muslim countries, but I mention it so that we understand the gravity of the sin. Then Almighty Allah states, that the lady who committed this crime and the male, they should be the ones to get married to one another, so that would be the best thing. But now if the boy refuses, then there's very little you can do. So you must remember in a case like that, that you tell your daughter she must make sincere toba and so forth. And if she's pregnant and expecting, then there's no abortion or anything. And then the child, the lineage will go to the mother and remember that after that, then she can get married to somebody else and continue making dua and ask all Allah for forgiveness. She can indeed, uh, Mufti. Now, is a Muslim allowed to use jinn to help or harm? And if he does, what is his Islamic status? Remember, people who dabble with witchcraft or with jinnat and so forth to harm people and so forth, it's kufr, Quran Karim states, innama nahnu fitnatun fala takfur, that this is but a trial and do not commit kufr. So it shows that, and then the guardian Nabi Sulaiman salam, they said that he was involved in witchcraft, the enemy said, Almighty Allah did not say Wama Sahara Sulaiman. Allah said Wama Kafara Sulaiman to show that this is akin to kufr and a person goes out of the fall of Islam. And that is the verdict of Imam Malik Rahimahullah and it's a major, major sin. If a person is using jinnat and so forth for defensive purposes, for preventative purpose, and the person is an expert in that field, then it's a different thing to be acceptable. She can indeed taking your calls on 021442 That is if you can't SMS, but the easy way is to SMS us on the number 47913. That is 47913. Now, Mufti, can Muslims give Christmas presents to our Christian family? Remember that Almighty Allah Jalla teaches us in the Noble Quran, Surah 5, Surah Maida, verse 51. Ya yuwalladhina amanu, O you who believe, la tattakhidul yahuda wal nasara awliya, do not take the Jews and the Christians as your friends and protectors, ba'adhum awliya wa ba'ad, they are friends of one another, wa may yatawallahum minkum fa'innahum minhum, who befriends them, you become part and parcel of them, surah 5 verse 51. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man tashabbah bikawmin fawaminum, who imitates the people, you become part and parcel of them. The hadith in Abu Dawood is authentic. Amirul Mu'mineen said, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu wardah, listen to his fatwa, my esteemed listeners, the voice of the cape.
that stay far, far away from the enemies of Allah regarding their festivals, Christmas, Diwali, New Year, all these type of things. You want to give a gift, a present to a non-Muslim, that's fine. But don't connect it and attach it to any one of their religious, you know, activities and festivals and so forth. Tomorrow, today, you want to give, it's fine, there's no problem. Can you make any nafil salah after asr? You can make nafil salat after asr, especially according to the Shafi'i school and the Hanbali school. And the Hanafi say that after your own asr salat you have performed, we read asr salat now, for example, then right till sunset you cannot read nafil salat, but you can read qaza salat. So Hanafi say only qaza will be valid and permissible, no nafil salat. Majority scholars, Shafi'i, Hanbali say you can read qaza salat and nafil salat, both will be permissible. Shikandi, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on uh, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM uh, continues sending us uh, those SMSs on the number 47913. That is uh, 47913. Just a reminder that the closing date for the VOC bursary applications is Monday, the 16th of December. That is uh, next Monday coming. And uh, should you wish to receive a copy of the application form, you may collect it at uh, the VOC studios in Salt River right here or email info at VOC fm.co.za for the application to be emailed to you. We're going to pay the bills when we come back we continue with Q&A. Well, we continue now with Q&A on The Voice of the Cape and taking your SMSs on 47913. And this question, Mufti, it says, um, can Mufti please confirm that a lot of people are saying that the month of Safar is not a good month, especially the first few days. Mufti? Regarding the month of suffer and to believe it brings bad luck or calamities, catastrophes, all this were the beliefs of the pagans before Islam, the pre-Islamic days of Jahiliyyah. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was, is, will always be the only rahmatul alameen, the mercy to the entire creation of all, Majallah jalla and in Bukhari Sharif it is mentioned, La Safara, there is no bad luck, no bad omen during the month of Safar. So therefore for people to get married, for example, tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, all that is totally permissible to hold any belief that you can't have a nikah or walima and all that is all fairy tales and fabrications. Now Mufti, is it permissible to celebrate the birthday of someone who has passed on? Remember, you cannot celebrate birthday of people who have passed away. What we should do is we should rather take lessons from their life and see that how they gave selfless service to others and so forth. As we always say, that khayrun nas may nas. The best of people are those who are an asset to humanity. So if that person was a Muslim, mashallah, he gets reward in this world and in the year after. If that person was not a Muslim, then at least the things he did in his life to help people, from that we could take lesson as well. Mufti, is it permissible to f- go to a funeral of a non-Muslim if it is a family of yours, Mufti? No, all Allah has mentioned this very clearly in the Noble Quran. All Allah states in Surah Tawbah, chapter number 9, verse 84, 
ولا تصلي على أحد منهم مات أبدا. That you cannot pray for any one of them and do not stand by their grave and so forth. إنهم كفروا بالله ورسوله وماتوا وهم فاسقون. They have rejected the oneness of all Allah and Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they died as non-Muslims. Yes, what you can do is that you go to the house or so, you offer condolences, you sympathize with the family, but to go physically to the cemetery or to the church or temple, all that definitely unacceptable. Uh, next question, uh, Mufti, would it be acceptable for a Muslim woman who is unmarried but has the means, alhamdulillah, to adopt a child? If a lady is not married and she wants to adopt a child, so that will be permissible. It's a good act. But remember, in a case like that, we will tell her that she should adopt a daughter. Because if she should adopt a boy, then when that boy is on the verge of attaining the age of puberty and so forth, then the laws of hijab and parada and all that will come into you know action and become activated, sort of. So remember, any person who wants to adopt a baby or a child, there are two, three issues we need to be clear on. Number one is the naming of that baby. We have to name that baby, and the surname will be according to the biological father of that child. Surah 33, Surah Hazab, verse 5. Ud'uhum li'aba'ihim wa'aksatu in the law. If you do not know the name, Quran says, فَإِخْوَانُكُمْ فِدِّينَ Then they are brothers in Islam, or brothers or sisters, whatever it is, Salman, the son of Islam, Zainab, the daughter of Islam. And another issue you must be clear of that when you adopt, when you adopt and then the inheritance issue. Remember that the child who is adopted will not inherit, but you could bequeath for the child up to one-third. And the third one is the hijab issue, and that is that, you know, either the child, you breastfeed the child, and then before the child reaches the age of two, so in that way there, then you become the foster mother, the child becomes foster child, the laws of hijab will fall away. But if the breastfeeding process did not take place, then the laws of hijab will become effective. She can indeed. Uh, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain right here in Cape Town on the line. And of course, uh, taking your questions on 47913. All your SMSs on 47913. And do remember that SMSs are charged at 150. Now, Mufti, I'm involved with a married man. He wants to get married to me. Uh, does he need to ask his wife for permission? I only want him to nafaka me as I have a house of my own and can provide for myself uh, because he don't want to stay away and uh, to make it halal. What must I do, Mufti? First thing you need to do is stay away from that man. You know, you started your question, my sister, but you are involved with this married man. That itself okay. is haram. You know, you can't be a spare wheel and a girlfriend and a mistress. All that is haram, Quran Karim states. Wala ahdan, wala ahdan. For him it's haram, for you it's haram. Secondly is, if you want to marry him and so forth, look at the harm you are going to do. You're going to upset his marriage, and now you just want him as nafaka you and maintain you. But he's not going to stay there night time, so he's not going to do justice. Quran Karim states that Surah 4 verse 3, For in khiftum Allah ta'adilu fawahida, when you fear you cannot do justice, then one wife only. Thirdly, you must remember this, that when anything goes wrong, he has to die or anything, then 
then you and your dead first wife, there'll be big fights regarding inheritance and many other issues. So my advice to you, sister, you sever all ties with this person. Read Surah 25, verse 74. And Allah will send for you some husband, and you will be the only wife. So in that way, you don't cause problems to other ladies and other family members. Volgende vraag in Liga Afrikaans sê jyne moefti, het sê salam, my broer sê het by my geleen, dit is nou drie jaar nog nooit geld gekry nie, wat kan ek doen, kan ek na die hof gaan? Jy kan na die hof gaan, of as jy iets van hom kry, miskien kry jy sy kaar, of sy horloosie of iets, dan vat jy dit, sonder sy permission, en dit is nou hoe jy gaan jy geld terug terugkry. So that is how you will get your money back. So whatever you can get, even without permission, provided it is equivalent to the amount that you gave him, so that is fine. Or jy vat hem af toe. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Now Mufti, if the Prophet said that he left us the Quran and his Sunnah, why do I still need to take bay'ah with a sheikh? Is Allah and his Rasul then not enough for us? Remember Almighty Allah Jalla and Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam enough. But what does the Quran itself say? Quran Karim says, Inna al-ladina yubayyunaka, inna ma Allah. Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the month of Zulqada, in the sixth year of the Hijrah, they went in the state of Ihram, consecration, and outside Makkah and Hudaybiyah, nowadays called Shumaysiyah, they were prevented. And then the Sahaba took the bay'ah on the honorable hands of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So that set the precedent for humanity and posterity. Now tonight is Jumu'ah after Maghrib, tomorrow is Jumu'ah Friday. Read Surah Jumu'ah, Surah 62, verse 2. What are the functions of Mustafa Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Yatlu alayhim ayatihi. Recite and rehearse the verses for them. Or you zakihim and make tazkiyah. You purify them, remove their pride, envy, jealousy, hatred, rancor, greed. So when we take bay'ah on the sheikh, it must be a proper sheikh, not a Mickey Mouse sheikh, just to out make money and all that. So then in a case like that, the aim is to purify ourselves. So that is exactly what the Quran is teaching. So it's not something new. Shukran. Indeed, uh, our SMS line number 47913. And if you can SMS, you can phone us on 21 And of course, we will be taking your calls off air. On the line, answering your calls, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. You with myself, Muhammad Zain Majid. Going on to our next question. Mufti, if a couple is married and the wife has an illegitimate child prior to a marriage, but has a son from this marriage as well, how does the inheritance distribution work? The couple seem to have only included the child of the of their marriage in the will. What needs to happen, Mufti? Here there will be two separate estates. If the wife dies, meaning the mother, then the husband will inherit and he will get 25%. And both children will inherit, meaning the illegitimate child will inherit from his mother and the child she got from this husband here. So both these children will inherit and the husband will inherit if the wife predeceases the husband. If the husband passes away, then the wife will inherit one-eighth, that is 12.5%. And let's say that they got a son, then the remainder will go to that son. And the illegitimate child that she had before marriage, remember that child will not get any 
from this husband here because he's got nothing to do with this child here. And even from the biological father, he, this child, will not inherit the illegitimate child. So for illegitimate children, they will inherit from their mother but not from the father. So the father can make a wasiya up to one-third or the stepfather, he can also make a wasiya and bequeath up to one-third. That is his prerogative if he wants to do so. Shikandar Mufti, what is the significance of pouring water uh, onto the graves of the deceased? Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam left this world. The demise took place. We can imagine the trauma, the sadness, the grief that the Sahaba, the beloved companions underwent. Then Sayyidina Bilal bin Rabah al-Habashi from Africa, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anh, ala qabrihi al-mah, he sprinkled water and put water on the Mubarak grave of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi So the intention is just to keep the sand together and that. You know, when we were young, I was speaking when I was five, six years old, I had to go with my beloved father to the grave of my grandparents. So he used to always tell me, go get the bottle and siddhivatarda. So I used to always think, because we were very young, that, you know, they insist so much, maybe the water is going there to the deceased, you know. Mm. So there's nothing like that. You mustn't think now the water is going to the deceased. No, no, no. It's just to keep the sand and all that together. Shikandidi, Namufti, why do some people move the index finger quite wildly in all directions during the tahya, the shahud? Regarding Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for taysir al-nihad al-ummah to make things easy and facilitate things for this ummah, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to do two, three different types of actions. Sometimes Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made ishara with sababa, picked up his mubarak finger and kept it up right through till the end. And that is the Shafi verdict. And then sometimes, when you harrikuha, sometimes Nabi alayhi salam used to move it around like making a circle. And that is the Maliki school. So it shows there are different hadiths on that. And this is called Ishara bit Sababa. And all is permissible. These are difference of Abdaliyah and Ghair Abdaliyah. What is preferred and what is not preferred. So Shafi say you pick up the finger right till the end. The Maliki say that you keep on making circles and you move it. Now, now some people they move it too much like also but anyway there's a maliki school and the hanafi say you pick it up for a little while ashadu allah ilaha illallah and then you drop it so that is the hanafi school but these differences are of preference and not preference shikan indeed and this question mufti my wife avoids intercourse with me am i allowed to match the bait Remember that it is not permissible for the wife to prevent the husband from intercourse because that is an integral part of marriage. You know that you have five-course meal, seven-course meal, and then the last course must be intercourse. And remember that tonight plus is light of Jumu'ah, so you get extra sawab also. <laughs> when you take gusal and you make somebody else make gusal, so ulama said it means this, that the husband-wife, mashallah, on Friday morning or Thursday night, mashallah, they have, you know, conjugal rights. Now there must be a reason why is the wife preventing the husband to do this. Remember, if she doesn't want, then Allah says, the malaika's curse is on her, that when a husband calls his wife and then for a but, then she refuses. 
refuses without a valid reason, the morning. So there must be a reason. Does the husband have AIDS or is the husband, you know, hurting her too much or whatever? So he must be tender also. Don't behave like, you know, an animal or something. So Nabi Alayhi look at the beauty of Islam. Mustafa, the hadith in Sunan Sa'id bin Mansur, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, send a Rasul. So they said, Mar Rasul, Ya Rasul Allah, what is the message we must send to our wives, O Messenger of Allah? He said, Al-Qublatu Wal-Kalam, teach and all that and speak to her, what they call nowadays foreplay. So foreplay was in those days already. Today they want to play afterwards only. So <laughs> foreplay, then, then play, and then afterplay. She can indeed the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. The program Q&A, we're going to pay the bills. When we come back, we continue with Q&A. Welcome back to the program Q&A on the Voice of the Cape and of course still taking your SMSs on the number 47913. Question Mufti, is a Muslim allowed to make dua for Nelson Mandela and if we can do two rakats for him, uh, Mufti? And whilst he is alive, then you can make dua for them. But once a person has died and has passed away as a non-Muslim, then after that it's not permissible to make dua for any non-Muslim. There are so many examples in the Quran, Kareem. Almighty Allah, Jalla tells us the story of Nabi Ibrahim, alayhi salam. وَمَا كَانَ اسْتِغْفَارُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ لِأَبِي إِلَّا أَمَّوْ إِدَتْيُ وَعَدَهَا إِيَّا Nabi Ibrahim, alayhi salam, used to make dua. Then when it became apparent his father died as a non-Muslim, أَنَّهُ عَدُوهُ لِلَّهِ تَبَرَّ Amin. He severed all ties. So Nabi Sallallahu uncle Abu Talib, he died as a non-Muslim despite helping Nabi Sallallahu so much. And Nabi Sallallahu could not make dua for him. مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أُلِي قُرْبَى it's not permissible for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or the people of Iman to make dua for any person who died as a non-Muslim. So Quran Sharif is very clear on all these issues. So definitely not permissible to read Salat for him or to make dua for him. Yes, what we can do and should do is this, that you offer condolences to the family, you sympathize with them. That's fine. There's no problem with that. Shukran indeed. Uh, next question uh, written a bit, uh, but maybe, maybe Mufti can make some sense of it, inshallah. It says, the ruh of a dead man told me at the, gravery, uh, the graveyard, I quote, I have never harmed you, instead I have taught you your hajj, uh, unquote. Now my mother-in-law keeps saying when I, I am strangle, strangled during the night, it is that particular man. Can Mufti shed some light on this? We must remember this is called Takhwifu Shaitan. Mustafa said you get three types of dreams. So our brother sister is sleeping and now he thinks that somebody is coming and strangling him and so forth. Now they're speculating it is ABC person. To speculate like that is not permissible. Quran tells us Surah 49, Surah Hujurat, Ya Yuladina Amanustanibu Kathira Minazan, abstain from all the speculation and suspicion. In Nabadas Bani Ism, it is considered as a sin also, some of the speculation, suspicion. So, what you should do, brother and sister, is this before you go and sleep, go and perform Hudu, read Surah Yasin, read Tabarak, and all these surahs, read the last three surahs, Kulwallahu Had. 
قل اعوذ بالفلق قل اعوذ بالناس ایت الکرسی and inshallah you will sleep peacefully and if all these type of things still happen then you just put you know on your shoulder and then you sleep on the, the on the opposite side if you are sleeping on the right hand side then turn to your left hand side if you are sleeping on your left hand side then turn to your right hand side so that is the teaching of nabi alayhi salatu salam don't take into heart all those things that the ladies are telling you or your mother is telling you Indeed, uh, now Mufti, a uh, lengthy question, but I'll just uh, give you the crux of the question. It says, Mufti, can you please give me some good advice? I'm a daughter, a mother, and a grandmother, alhamdulillah. Recently, I overheard my mother badmouth me by my brothers and sisters, saying I'm two-faced and fitna by everyone about her, which I never do. I'd rather make a dua for her, for she is an old lady in our 80s. However, I don't feel like I want to visit, but I don't have a choice. I want to do my duties as I love my mother. Can Mufti please give me some advice? Remember, it is your mother, and the Quran Kareem commands us, Rabbir hamhuma kamar bayani sagira, Surah 17, Surah Bani Israel, verse 24. Oh Allah, have mercy on our parents, as they nurtured me, brought me up whilst I was a baby. So that is what you should continue doing. Remember, mother has reached an old age now. Sometimes they become senile, sometimes they become difficult. But Mustafa, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu said, we must always keep contact and do good for them. The parents were in zulama, were in zulama, were in zulama. Even if they are doing wrong, we cannot sever ties with them because after all, they are our biological parents. So you visit mommy, take presents for her. They tell you a lot of things. You just keep on making dua and read Yahweh do Yahweh do and inshallah, Almighty Allah will bring the love and enhance the ta'alluq and connection. And one more thing you can do, my brother, is read this dua. Rabbin Sometimes there are some family members, they go to mother and put certain things in her ears. Now she's not a politician and all that. So when you come, then she just tells you, you're causing fitta. So you make the dua, Rabbin Surni. Oh, beloved Allah, you assist me and help me. Against the people who are causing the mischief makers, you help me against them. Can a husband who has given his wife three talaqs, they're both remarried, different partners, separated from them, got married to each other again, now he wants to talaq her again. Is it permissible? When the first husband gave his wife three talaqs, all three talaqs are valid according to all four schools, Shafis, Malikis, Hanbalis, Hanafis. After the iddat of that lady, then she got married to somebody else, that husband got married to somebody else. Then it seems that again, that marriage didn't work. Remember, there will be no conditions. So they were married properly, and then after six months, one year, two years, whatever, then they gave talaq. Now they got remarried. Now again, they want to give talaq. Remember that you, brother, it seems that you are taking talaq as a joke. Quran Kareem states, Wala huzua. In the context of talaq, Quran Kareem says, Don't make a mockery of the verses of Almighty Allah. In Abu Dawood, it is mentioned, Mustafa Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, The most hated and detested thing which Almighty Allah made halal is talaq. The shaitan, I think, is really troubling you. How many talaqs are you going to give? So my advice to both of you, that reconcile and inshallah don't make the shaitan happy make Allah happy Shukran indeed now Mufti if one is not married at the age of 25 I'm looking after my mother do I wait and see 
What you should do, sister, is this, that if you are still not married, you continue making dua. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. La taqadatu me rahmatillah. You are rendering a great service to your mother and taking her duas. Al jannatu tahtaqdamil ummahat. Beneath the mother's feet lies the jannah mentioned in very various hadith kitabs, Mishka Sharif and so forth. Nevertheless, the point here is if you are the brother, the son, and you're making khidmat of your mother, so alhamdulillah, but remember, if you get a good spouse, a girl who's good and you know so forth, then you must get married also. It don't mean you mustn't get married. Get married and you look after your wife and your mother, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Now, Mufik, uh, could Islam be regarded as a lifestyle instead of a religion? Definitely, Islam is dinun, was nizamul hayat. Islam is a religion and it is a code of conduct as well. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was, is, will always be uswatun hasana. One side, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the president. President is too low, but just to make us understand, the leader of a state, then he was a politician, then he was a father, then he was a soldier, then he was a, a businessman, everything. So in Islam, the whole thing is one type of religion, is one type of conduct. So deen in Islam, we don't have this. Therefore, I'm dead against this. When people say these are secularist studies and these are Islamic studies, no. Say that we will teach our children everything to uphold the deen of Almighty Allah. I just did now, I gave you the inheritance, somebody passed to me, these shares, these shares. If I don't know mathematics, arithmetic, how will I work it out? So you learn all that to uphold the deen of Almighty Allah. InshaAllah. can a Muslim be a pallbearer, uh, as we know it, a casket carrier at a funeral? Definitely not permissible. You must remember that you know that the non-Muslim custom is that that person or people, they carry it like how they carry a bag of tomatoes or potatoes or whatever you. In Islam, we're not allowed to do that. In Islam, we have to show ikram and respect to the deceased. So we carry the deceased on our shoulder. And for a Muslim to carry any non-Muslim's body or anything is definitely not permissible. And even if you're carrying a Muslim, you can't carry him in that way there, wherefore we carry on the, on the shoulders, and that is the Islamic way and method. Shukran indeed uh, to Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. We're going to pay the bills. When we come back, we take some beautiful nasiha from Mufti Abdul Qadir. Well, we're into the last few minutes of our program Q&A, and I need to say a big shukran to each and everyone for SMSing and phoning in with their questions. Shukran indeed. Uh, that leaves us with three minutes, uh, Mufti, for some beautiful nasih on this uh, Thursday evening. Alhamdulillah, in Cape Town, we have the people the world calls cage prisoners, and they were now released and so forth. And you should go to the various programs wherever they're having the program. You know, I'm speaking of Guantanamo Bay, and there there are more than 160 Muslim prisoners in the hellhole. What lesson should we take from them, O oh, esteemed listener of Voice of the Cape? That the American army and some of them, they were desecrating the sanctity of the noble Quran. So these prisoners, 150, 160 of them now, told them, take all the Quran Sharifs away. And the one, two brothers who are Hafiz, now today in Guantanamo Bay, all of them are Hafiz of the noble Quran. Oh, my dear listener, imagine the Omakaru, Allah, they plot and they plan, and Allah has his master plan. Now, me and you are in 
holiday. What should we be doing? You've got one month left, my brother, my sister, before the school opens, more than a month. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa said, Regarding Surah Yaseen, I have the ardent desire, it should be in the heart of every Muslim. The hadith in Muslim Bazaar, Surah Yaseen has 83 verses. Not tomorrow, my brother and sister, my son and daughter, tonight. You start, and you start memorizing every day two, three verses. Before 2014, academic year starts, you're the Hafiz. How Nabi Sallallahu will be pleased with you. How much inspiration you take from Imam Twanguru. He was in another hellhole. The world's focus is on Robben Island today, but we have a greater message for the world. In 1780 to 1793, for 13 years, Imam Twanguru was in the hellhole of Robben Island, and there he wrote the first Quran Sharif. And last week when I was in Cape Town, I saw the Quran here in Oval Masjid. 1794, he was here building the Masjid. 1837, 1834 to 1837, the first Hajis, they left the Hujjaj from Cape Town and they performed Hajj. Oh, brother, sister of Cape Town, what a great history we have in Cape Town. First Hujjaj from, from South Africa, from Cape Town. First Quran Sharif in the history of South Africa here in Robben Island in Cape Town. First Masjid in Cape Town, 200 years before our elections in 1994, democratic elections. So my message to you is don't kill time and waste time in this month, in this December, January. Learn at least two, three Jews. Learn two, three long surahs, surah Yasin, and you learn, for example, surah Tabarak, and you learn surah Alif Lamim Sazda. So make this a target for you the love of Qur'an, the love of the ahadith of Nabi alayhi salam, every day you learn one dua. How happy Mustafa sallallahu will be. Your parents will be so happy. And end of the day, you will feel so satisfied. At least I did not kill time and waste time, but I used this time. May Almighty Allah give us the love of Quran and Sunnah. May Almighty Allah bless our Mujahideen and those that are incarcerated in all parts of the world. Almighty Allah give them, alleviate all their problems and release Amen. them from the Zalims. And may Almighty Allah infuse within us the love of Quran, to become hafiz of the whole Quran, or at least the parts of the Quran. Barakallahu feek to you, my brother Muhammad Zain. I hope the children are doing well. Alhamdulillah. And inshallah, that all of you in Cape Town, wonderful, beautiful Cape Town. I'm so happy to be here. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allah protect and guide you and have a wonderful stay in Cape Town, inshallah.